0: Welcome to B2B Impact by BDB. Join me, Matt Smith, CEO of BDB and Oliver Breewood, BDB's Head of Digital and Technology as we get together to discuss the myriad of trends, topics, opportunities and developments in the world of B2B marketing and communications. Our aim is to arm you with content, opinions and insights that deliver lasting and meaningful impact across the B2B community, helping the global businesses and brands we partner with navigate their way through the information and communication revolution. Are you ready to make an impact? Hi everybody and welcome back to the B2B Impact podcast where this week we're joined by Ollie and Paul Finch who's one of our senior creatives here at BDB with a specialism in what we're going to call alcohol VFX and CGI but there's been a bit, a bit of a debate going on internally, at our own business of what we name this as a service line and where it sits within our service offering. Do you want to give us a quick overview, Paul? Obviously, you can introduce yourself, but in the sense of the route from VFX, CGI, what it all means and kind of how it ties together.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, like you say, Paul Finch, um, been doing CGI, 3D, VFX, all of the above mm-hmm. for more than Glad 25 I'm years than I'd like to admit. but. But yeah, that's <clears throat> the problem we've had recently is trying trying to, it, it seems to be like a, a, a scary word. Mm-hmm. It seems to be one of those, um, those terms, those three little letters seem to strike more fear into clients yep. and prospective clients than any other three little letters.
2: Is so, that from experience, do you think? Or do you reckon it's more like you say CGI and you start thinking Hollywood? That, I think that's exactly what it is.
1: Yep. I think... Um, I think that a lot of people's only exposure to CGI is through Hollywood, yep. Lord of the Rings, Avengers, yep. DC. You know, you, any, any movie uses CGI now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, you don't even realise it's being used. But yeah, I think I think they think CGI equals big budget.
0: I think it's also trying to make it more accessible generally because not not all marketing agencies or integrated agencies or B2B, B2C, no matter which agency it is, will have a CGI capability within it. So a lot of agencies sell to what they know and sell to what they can offer a client. So that caps their level of maybe sophistication in motion where they can take it, Mm -hmm. I always think. So I always think that your agencies will sell you whatever they've got in the service offering, whereas we consciously invested in you um, and the kit and infrastructure and all the caboodle that's required to, to be able to do, which is expensive. Um, but from an agency perspective, I think it's up to agencies like ourselves to make it more accessible and educate clients about where it can come into that marketing mix in a way. Because I think that's where it ties into the whole pricing side of things as well. As you say, as you, you alluded to, there the fear that clients have towards it at the minute. I think is also linked to one of the, the time it takes and the level of investment they need to actually achieve something. But well, then the cost side of things as well. If you agree, mm-hmm. and I think the cost the cost side is is coming down I mean it's still it's still not a it's not a cheap service offering is it if you know what I mean
2: put in the sense of what you can achieve with it is
0: also incredible so
2: I think on the cost point though it's just like anything else It's how far do you want to go yeah, yeah. CGI for Hollywood's expensive because they've got two hour plus long films where there's barely a frame within the film and if you wouldn't know how many frames are in a film it's however many seconds there are times by 25 typically within the film so it's a, a lot of frames. Mm-hmm. If you're producing something for marketing, you might have one frame, or you might, if it's a, if it's a short video, you might have a thousand frames, for mm-hmm. example, but it's nothing like the Hollywood end where literally there's no shots that aren't CGI and you've got hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of frames, I can't be able to the maths to, <laughs> within it.
0: But, but, it's, but is, t- is technology advancing? At such a rate now that it's becoming more accessible. Do you think, or or quicker to do? Or, I mean, you're the you're the guy that
1: does it, obviously. But I mean, it's like like Ali said, it all depends on what you want. If yeah. you see know what I mean. If um I think the misconception is that CGI is moving images, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. whereas CGI can be static static images, which yep. again, you don't have to animate. You you just make it look look as good as you can, and therefore, it's more accessible. It's more affordable. Yeah. Um but yeah again it's like if you want a two-hour movie that's fully cgi it's going to it is going to cost you in the millions yeah but if you want a 30 second animation promoting your
0: product yeah
1: very bespoke that's the other side of it as well that yeah that that i think that opens up to um to a bigger audience is the fact that I, i think i've said before if you've got like three products that are from three companies that are all identical yeah it, it could be a case of that if everyone's using the same stock footage yeah. and the same stock music you, and you and see it, that a lot don't yeah. you from
0: stock imagery to stock footage to stock music everything in terms of <clears throat> it starts to increasingly mm-hmm. familiar to you in terms of when, when most clients are looking to differentiate or cut through the increasing level of noise that's out there the ability to make something that's absolutely mm-hmm. bespoke to you your business your product your service offering
2: yeah but I think the other thing is you can do something that's just visually different because mm-hmm. I think we've seen yeah. so many examples and we've we, Produce a lot of these types of things for clients as well, where you have to see like an infographic style explainer video and things like that. Yep. Whereas I know we worked on something uh, within the last year for a client where we used um, a CG or creative visualization to to um, kind of illustrate the like movement within the leg. Didn't we just mm-hmm. sort of talk about how a, a, a client's product could um, does that help reduce inflammation?
1: Yeah, I think it was it was um, it was to do with the muscles and the joints within the knee. Um,
2: but it enabled you to create a 3D model of that and actually see inside it and show it moving and working to help highlight that. Whereas if you think about it in the illustration style, it would be, be flatter, and yes, you might get the point across, but it's just it's it's um, something you've seen time and time again, and probably not really showing you the detail in the same in the same capacity.
1: But it's that as well, but also you can, like you say, you can you, with 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 the knee, you, we we took the skin away. Mm-hmm. We, well, sorry, we didn't take. We just made the skin more transparent. If you yeah. see what I mean. Yeah. So this knee moved. All the muscles were built within it. All the joints were built within it, <coughs> to a lot of <laughs> detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, this this was this was something that maybe if we if we had sort of said to the client, look, we're going to do this, yeah. they'd have been like, oh no 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 no, we don't want we don't want that. It's, it's yeah. too expensive. But yeah. because we just because of the the creative. That we wanted to do, it just became part of the offering. There.
2: I think the other thing that's really interesting as well that I think ties back to a, a cost point is how reusable these assets can be. Obviously, yes. it depends how bespoke and one-off it, the the whole idea is. But that example of that leg, that's an asset that exists. It's not just in a video that's been produced. The model of the leg exists, so you can go back to it. Mm-hmm. You can change um, how the animation works. You can see it from a different angle. You can you could render it exquisitely or you could uh, show like a a wireframe where you can like see what's happening within and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but that's something that you'll have forever to be able to go back to and yes there's a there'll be a cost involved to to kind of produce a new video for example with it but it's nothing like that original build was if you start thinking about an infographic that they or infographic style, um, or video infographic rather, mm-hmm. they're typically more one-off and, and you don't get a lot of value out of
1: reusing assets from it. I think that's, that's the point, is, is the reusable asset. I think that's one of the biggest selling points that you can use. Um, another one is, so <clears throat> for example, say you've got a, a whole line of products, you've got um, thousands of products, and then you add another 500 products. When those, those products are f- photographed, the lighting's set up a certain way, mm-hmm. the camera's set up a certain way, they look like that, then new 500 products, is the lighting gonna be set up exactly the same? Yeah. Is, the, is, the, is the environment gonna be exactly the same? Is the same camera being used? Because it could be
2: two, three years apart. So we're talking like versus photography? Yes. So yeah, we've seen that repeatedly <clears throat> with clients where they'll have a photo shoot done. And um, it even happens here with team shots. When we have new starters, we take team shots. It's hard to keep that consistency. But like you say, if you're you're doing CGI renders of the the products, you can make sure they look identical and continue to look identical every single time years later. I
0: guess one one of the points I wanted to focus on was kind of the thinking beyond the physical limitations. So in the sense of a lot of our clients have Products or services that are way back upstream in terms of where they are from the finished goods that it, people may see on the high street or that they may interact with, um, and I think a lot, a lot of our clients can struggle sometimes to think even where do you start with this kind of mm. project because um, using the legacy example, you know, just being able to go within it and see within it and see the exact impact that your product is contributing towards. I don't know how natural that came to the client to kind of think on that level or whether that came out of like an ideation or a brainstorming session with us, but a lot of it does start, doesn't it? In terms of a blank canvas, Yeah, I've got an idea or I'm thinking about something. It's almost encouraging clients to embrace that a bit more, I would say, because I think sometimes unless they've got a really definitive brief, sometimes they don't necessarily open the conversation. Whereas, Mm -hmm. um, with, with the possibilities almost being kind of endless with CGI, um, there's, well, no, there's nothing you can't really do, and you, you're, no. a, you're a champion of yeah. that kind of framework. Oh out, yeah, know? I
1: mean, I think I think I think everybody's heard my "if you can think it, we can build it." Yeah, that's that's something I, I, I stand by. It might take me <laughs> a bit longer than usual for certain things, but yeah. that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but I think also, um, one of the one of the, the key elements to the design process is is the client comes along with you. Yeah. In from from the whole process, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, "Here's five videos." Pick a video. Yep. Yep, that one. Here's five animations of swirly, swirly stuff. Yep. Pick that, pick one of those. It's more a case of no, how do you want it to look? Yeah. What what do you want it to look like? Yep. Like the leg, for example. Um I think we ended up colorizing that in in the the client's colours. Mm-hmm. But they could have said, No, 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 we actually want it in muscle colours yep. or we want it actually to look like a proper full on muscle within the leg. It's it's that side. It's to create your freedom. I think it's 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 the landscape's just endless. I think I'm
0: thinking of the stomach you worked on as well. That like <clears> the, <throat> the, the the barrier or the flow to the reflux oh, yeah. style thing. I'm not I'm mm. not getting the technical terminology right, but hopefully it gives people an idea of what we're talking about. But even in that the way the liquid moved how it settled it was all really really intricate wasn't it with the client giving feedback of no no it's going to move a bit more mm. this way or that way so you can end up with the actual perfect example rather than it being as you say again generic stock kind of approach to it where it's it, it'll do or it's just about representing what they want mm-hmm. and in, in terms of we're seeing more real life test cases of where i guess creative visualization comes into play maybe driven a bit more also by Advancements in tech like VR and AR and and so on. We'll come onto the metaverse shortly, but the ability almost with, from the learning and education perspective, we're seeing that quite a lot with clients at the minute. I think considering how they can educate people about their products or their services, or even their internal team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what other major use cases are you are you seeing or are familiar with at the minute across the kind of creative
2: visualization side of things? I mean, I don't know how relevant it is to our clients off the top of my head, but I know when I used to work um, in hospitality, that one of the companies I worked for had like a mascot, mm-hmm. um, and they had that mascot was a, a, a creative visualization itself, mm-hmm. um, which meant that they could, you know, pose it how they wanted and keep coming back to that asset for years. So that's, I guess, a bit more of an old school usage. You've obviously got the kind of video production, you've got the more digital applications where. Um, we've got web applications where you can see, browse, interact with the different models, click through them. Um, you've got the VR applications, which I think tie in well with um, both training, like you say, to be able to experience what it's like to to do something or be in something. Um, there's, I don't know, the, the list is endless. There's, you know, full on environments that you can explore in the likes of the metaverse. Um, yeah, there's, I think it's just something that we're going to continue to see growing as technology technology advances. further. Well. AR is obviously something you touched on as well, particularly applicable um, in certain areas. But I think it, if you start thinking about, we've had clients that have had big pieces of equipment, for example. Mm-hmm. So when you start thinking about VR, AR, that's really a good way to help visualize what that equipment lo- looks like, what it's like to move around it and experience the very di- different aspects of it and bring it to life as part of a sales process or a training process. I realize I'm giving a million different examples, but there is so much you can possibly do with it. It's just about understanding, as with everything, what are you trying to do, what are you trying yeah. to communicate? What's
0: the, what's the purpose of it, what's the objective behind yeah. it? But we're, One of the use cases we're seeing quite a lot at the minute is kind of bringing spaces to life, I guess mm-hmm. beyond beyond just products or services. I think most people will go to like, well, I haven't got a hard product like a truck or a van that I'm trying to rebuild in, in, in some kind of VFX or CGI mechanism. But actual spaces, so a lot of our clients do media tours, they've got plants across the globe when they're opening new facilities, they've got labs, they've got particular equipment within labs, they have production facilities, packaging facilities, you name it. And there's a link in there for me for sustainability, because we saw it during the pandemic where everybody was grounded, nobody could travel. And everybody's, not everybody, but the the, the braver businesses and brands started investing more in cgi applications where they would be building out spaces to still still bring people to the facilities and whether that was 3d tours or or whatever it may be everybody's then defaulted straight back to physical events it feels like to me at the minute so everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be face to face again which is completely at odds with kind of the sustainability agenda do you do you think there's a link there in terms of where cgi can assist in driving authentic sustainable representation for a brand
2: yeah, I do. I think an event. I think events are hard to replace, just from the point of view of it. it's so ingrained in the way that B two B works in terms of going to an event, seeing the various different uh, suppliers that you might be able to work with and meet, socialise, and so on and so forth. But again, that doesn't mean that CG uh, is necessarily a direct replacement for that. Mm-hmm. Like you say, the, th- the things like media tours I think are really interesting because. Even if, if somebody's willing to visit your lab or your facility, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's hard to coordinate. Yep. It could take time. Somebody might not be, be able to get costs signed off for the business. just might never align. This is something where the, there are you know, quite um, cost-effective ways to have it so you can have a, a, a tour set up that you can actually guide somebody through. So have your salesperson on the phone with their prospect, literally taking them through your facility. Um, it's just nobody has to travel anywhere. Yes. so you're still able to get the same benefit of highlighting your capabilities and highlighting um you know why it is that they should work with you over a competitor
0: you're also seeing it more in the emerging markets as well i'm thinking of the robotics meeting we had the other week to some of the dairy applications we had with the farms with the clients and so on where some of the emerging markets where people haven't maybe got the uh, the money or the infrastructures to travel or visit or see pieces of equipment um, that those they can be recreated, so people can still benefit in maybe uh, some of the emerging markets to still tie more into the learning and education side of things. I guess also
1: the revisiting side of it. I so mean, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if um, whenever, whenever I go anywhere, if I'm if I'm excited about something or if I'm not, if I'm interested in something, it's very really rare that I take every little bit of information. In yeah, and yeah. having it to be revisited, it's yeah. like I, there was something in that that room over there. I want to, I, and you go in. You can, you can now. Not physically, but got into the room, yep. and oh, it was that. That was the cool. That was the cool object.
0: And yeah. a- for me, there's a link there with the exhibition side of things. I mm-hmm. said it, for I, st- I still firmly believe this. But in the sense of having your exhibition stand, your big big stand, your build and burn, whether it's a a system or whatever, modular system or whatever it may be, is only there for a week or a few days or a moment in time. So if you don't get the footfall to the stand at that point, having some kind of timeless application of that after that, that yeah. we've seen when. Um, You've recreated stands, haven't you, in mm. virtual worlds, and pop them in with all the same content and all the same collateral. So maybe people that can't get to the, the event, or for that kind of timeless application afterwards, as well, works really well. Sometimes more content as well. That's the other yes. side of it as well. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: In, yeah. In, if if you're at a stand and say, like you say, your your you, your company's built, you know, in trucks and yeah. stuff like that, then you can't take the truck with you. Yeah. But That's- if you've got a AR VR kit and room to the side oh no the, the, it's over there the truck if you're going to put that headset on and have a look at the truck over there yeah. or the big pieces of equipment or we've now got 10 trucks yeah. do you that's one you of the, the big challenges
2: with exhibition isn't it? I know there's some examples of well where companies have, have really managed to do some, some obscene things with their exhibition sound like really bring a plane wing and stuff like that, the mm-hmm. that but see, what you definitely can't do is bring an entire 747 worth
0: both ways doesn't it that as well I know it's written in the past but it's My mind doesn't instantly instantly goes to the big stuff, as you say, the the plane wing or the whatever else I think we've had truck doors and all sorts of things on on exhibition stands, the the weight of it and all the rest of it, all the infrastructure needs thinking about. However, from the miniaturisation side of things, so in terms of clients that might be working with microchips or very small particles Mm -hmm. or or whatever it may be, um, which is probably more (laughs) more common across our client base, I think, um, the ability to actually zoom into to something that's so small yeah. as well and bring that to life which the naked eye even possibly
2: couldn't basically see basically give it the honey I shrunk the kids treatment yeah
0: yeah, yeah but that exactly that exactly that your head does go in that direction and I think that makes it super interesting then to engage with on an exhibition stand or in, in a virtual environment or wherever it may be mm. on the, I guess we can't really touch on creative visualisation CGI VFX without discussing meta at the minute because it feels like that's what people are seeing a lot of thrust in front of them in the press and everybody's having it thrust upon them that this is the future really open question what what's your what's your thoughts on meta at the minute mr zuckerberg where he's up to (coughs) in his his journey i think i think it's driven
1: the the need to have these conversations yeah because i think there's a lot lot more people out there that are like well what can we do what can we build what can we have and again, like I say, anything you want. Yeah. But um but I do think that um it's it's exciting times. I I mean overnight I went from C G artist to metaverse, mm-hmm. you know, extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah whatever you, and, you know, it's it's just interesting because I, I've noticed that there's um football clubs mm-hmm. um announcing this week they're going full mm-hmm. NFTs. Yeah then you've got uh, specialist players who are pronouncing their own nfts and yep. i think i think that whole side of it's going to be fun when you've when you know if you're paid by a football club yep. and then you've got your own nft unless you've negotiated that because it, no one will have negotiated that in their contracts in the past three years absolutely yep. so you know if he's really if if the uh, said football is releasing an nft that's worth 1500 pound yep. or whatever um then it's going to be interesting the club is saying well Technically, we own that.
0: And do you think, Ollie, we're seeing your typical adoption cycle here that you would see with many other versions of web... Well, I'm thinking going back to web 2 when social media first started coming into the mix and there was quite a relatively slow adoption of that when there was a big uh, a lot of excitement originally and then it swells down a bit and then picks up again. Because oh, you put
2: different views on it, haven't you, I think? Did, uh, did that happen, though, with web 2? I feel so like stuff like, like Facebook was really rapid adoption. Adoption it spread very quickly through like university campuses yeah. just from, from being completely viral and i'd say but if you look at the bell curve for that that's a fairly steep growth because yeah. it delivered something that i think was instantly accessible to everybody um i can't comment because i just didn't pay attention at the time in terms of like the likes of myspace obviously they got big to a point and then faded mm-hmm. out i think I guess more, more with the uh, facebook's kind of introduction but um I think with that sort of stuff, there's a, it's easy to see its application, it's easy for everybody to get on board with it. I think what we're seeing now with, with the likes of Meta and, and VR is it is probably following that more traditional tech adoption, which is you've got your early adopters that are really into it. The question is, I guess now, will it get to... and How far will it go into mass market and what version does reach mass market? because yeah. I'm sure we've talked about it before. The idea of putting on like a VR headset isn't for everybody. One, there's a cost barrier of three, 400 pounds at least to get into or, or having a VR headset. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, then there's, do, do you actually want to wear it? And what can you do in it? It's definitely more in a gamer sort of sphere. And even within gaming at the minute, it's more niche. But what I, and we definitely both agree on is that you'll see the miniaturization of that technology. Yeah. That will, I would imagine at some point, just yeah. be a pair of glasses that you pop on yeah. and therefore easy to take on and off, not too annoying for anybody. Hopefully the price point will come down as well. And I think that's the point at which you've got a chance of it reaching mass adoption. But will it be in in the Ready Player One version where it's a full VR world, or will it just be almost like a different interface to your mobile phone as a way to accessing data and information quickly?
0: I wonder whether the mixed reality side of things is where... We should ultimately, as a human race, be aiming for rather than being t- detached from the real world completely and going into yeah. a virtual environment.
2: Google. So this is a, a good example of of adoption. It's like Google had Google Glass running yeah. for about I think five or six years as a project, mm-hmm. and it was it never reached. Mass adoption They never even. I don't think officially launched the product. It was always very much in development. But you could get hold of it if you if you were kind of developing projects. Uh, but it's it's basically a pair of glasses that had a heads up display in it. Mm-hmm. So you could it would you'd be walking down the street and it would be able to overlay. Hey, this cafe on your left's got like four stars on TripAdvisor, so you might want to check it out. Yeah, things like that. So um, I think there's applications there, but I think. I guess at that point Google aren't seeing that as something that's going to reach mass adoption we're seeing more and more smart glasses coming in mm-hmm. I think uh, Ray-Ban have a type of smart glasses these days Ray-Ban have got the Stories one that feeds mm-hmm. into all the Instagram and Facebook and so on but it's it's a different application it's a bit, more still.
0: yeah it's more social media based at the minute but then mm-hmm. you're hearing Apple making moves into the well, AR and mixed reality side of things and obviously with the new quest that's just come out which is more professional use and interesting again and we've not had a chance to play with one of those yet but you certainly you've seen the tech moving it along but I've still not seen you yeah. know, we're not, we've not had massive appetite from our clients yet I guess to really dive, deep dive into it Yeah, I think a few clients the more adventurous ones have wanted to discuss metaverse have wanted to discuss um, the options in those areas but unless unless there's a, a marketing
2: or a business objective behind it that's supported at the minute especially if you think yeah. about in our space the B, of, of B2B your audiences aren't currently particularly on the metaverse, it so yeah. is more those early adopters so there's, there's good reasons for like, I think Samsung and Coke yeah. and companies like that have been doing things in the metaverse and that, there's reason there because there's consumer audiences there that they want to be bought into their products. Yeah. Um, not so much uh, yet here, but it's like like we say, there's, there's all sorts of different applications of these things. There's also things like the Microsoft HoloLens, it's a dedicated um, mixed reality headset, which again it's not really out, it's more mm. of a dev mode. but I think that's where you've got more specialist applications for CG where it can project again project models in an AR way into the environment so you could have um, kind of these yeah help visualize what your product services are and so on so forth, help take you to different places I'm
0: excited to see where web 3 heads because I say you by speaking about metaverse speaking about such a small aspect of actually where, where web's heading is overall but I think the options to have Really, what you're, what you're offering at the minute is a much more immersive experience, isn't it? In yeah. terms of within the CGI, and you say, I think that I personally, that's where it's at at the minute. The fact that you can dive into things, and offer people an experience beyond what the eyes can see, beyond beyond what's visible to them at the minute. I guess. I think.
1: I think um, my my kids will will be all over the metaverse. Yeah. I think um, you've got your Roblox and yeah. uh, all these all these stuff, which. Technically, is what the metaverse yeah. is aiming to be. Yeah. Buying cats, buying, dogs, you know, yeah. can I have some money, Dad? I want to buy an egg, which yeah. is a specialist egg that I get a dinosaur yeah. out of. It's you know, it's it's. I think that's that's um, that's the generation that it will just become the norm to, if you sell I me. Mean. Yeah. But no, the interesting one is I was in America mm-hmm. when Facebook had gone to its stage two, so we only had it on a couple of campuses, yeah. and then it expanded out to all the campuses. And I was actually on a campus in America, and <clears throat> the people over there were going mental over it they were they were wild because um, it was like msn yeah. it was myspace it was all these all these platforms yeah. rolled into one yeah so it meant that it was just one login and you didn't have to remember passwords and i i got invited whilst i was in america to facebook yeah came back over and was telling everyone, this is it's going to change, it's going to change everything. Yeah. And they were like, no, nah, I'll never get rid of a MySpace. <laughs> it,
0: it consolidated a lot of different applications, though, but maybe maybe that's where the magic is, and maybe I think that's where, where the metaverse is struggling at the minute, because in terms of, with Web3 and the decentralised side of things, the level of integration you should be able to achieve longer term should be a lot better and, and more, I guess, democratised, but then to the same extent... It makes me laugh that all the open source side of things, it's all going to be um, decentralized, but then everybody's to, he wants to drive everybody to his platform. Yeah. So like, well, that, is, that surely flies completely in the face of yeah. it, which I think is why he may struggle, shall we say.
2: Where I think we're at for the minute is we don't know. There's obviously lots of different metaverses, mm-hmm. quite decentralized, so lots of different people trying to compete in that space. Yeah. We've got uh, Facebook slash meta working on their metaverse. Mm. So... All those things for me are, are future prospects. Yeah. I think where we're at now with with clients, particularly in the B2B space, is you can still do creative things in CG. It doesn't have to be connected to this big all-encompassing theoretical metaverse that you know, we'll get to in the next few years. You can still do what you want to do now, which I think you said a moment ago, which is creatively visualize things for for clients whether that's bringing to to your world whether that's bringing your products and services to them there's a lot of different applications to it that can help help uh, really bring things to life mm. but
1: also if you if you build it in cg <clears throat> 3d now um
2: mm. there's no reason why you can't import it yeah because d- you've done today. that you've you? done it so we, you've built environments yeah it, for the lack of uh, just to make it clear. I mean, buildings when we say that he's then imported into like some of the existing metaverses. Yeah,
1: and so once it's built, and that's 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 the, the un- another underlying message with CG. Once it's built, like you said before with the leg, there's no reason why we can't take that leg now and put all the tendons in it. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then once we put all the tendons in it, then put all the the, v- the vascular side of it. Mm-hmm. And, and the veins and 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 then and then putting all the... and then add a foot and then there's no reason why you can't just extend and extend keep and extend it and keep building it on and I think that's I think that's what's going to happen with the metaverse is that someone someone's going to take a <clears throat> I said it, I said it when the iPad first came out I loved the iPad when the f- it first came out yeah but I didn't know where it fitted at that time uh, you know, I had a laptop yeah. and it was it was a case of oh you can surf the web on it well I can surf the web on this yeah oh well yeah but you can take picture I've got a camera I can take pictures of but I think the the iPad I always said that the iPad was, was almost purpose not purpose but but it was it was its best environment was was in the medical side of it yeah in terms of one doctor one pad patient number that oh that's what he's got no no cross operations mm-hmm. and no look you know, yeah,
0: yeah. at the metaverse side of things It's going to, I personally think the future of it is going to come down to connectivity is where I come back to all the time so connecting global audiences together beyond being face to so face if you can't be face to face with somebody the ability to take them into a world yeah. and showcase things mm. to them your products, your services whatever, whatever it may be and I don't know even like the personal test cases of have been able to see family and friends and catch up with them and break bread with them and have a beer with them that you, you not physically be with I think, I think that's where it will go but I do think you're talking think, five to ten years I think should, maybe a generation below like yeah, you say yeah. about your daughter the real stuff. challenge
2: there is what you said before which is um, how integrated are these going to be at mm. the minute it's not an integrated space and the way web 3.0 is going is, is not centralised no. so it'll become harder for, for that to become a reality mm-hmm. um, unless somebody ends up just dominating that space and becomes the de facto let's go it's the same with the likes of Google Plus if you want to jump back about ten years which is that when it came out, it was a good social network. The features were really good. They were, uh, it looked better than the likes of Facebook. It had features that Facebook didn't have. And it was great. Unfortunately, nobody was on it. So it's a bit redundant having yeah. the best thing if nobody's on it.
0: Yeah. What are you most excited about in terms of when you look, looking ahead, and not, not meta related, in terms of utilising your skills and your capabilities like Liam Neeson had taken? Yeah. Uh, what are you, what are you what are you most excited about as you sit here at the minute? Because there's lots, there's lots of development in the space.
1: Um, <clears throat> where to start? Um, I think I think the metaverse is, is, is an exciting, exciting thing. But I think I think just informing informing our clients of the offerings that we can give. Yeah. Um, getting skills out. Of. I'm, I, I get excited when people challenge what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's what the, the creative director is amazing at. Can we, I, I get messages? Can we do this? I'll have a go. Okay, yeah. we'll I'll get it done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't. know How long will it take? I don't know because I've never done it before. Um, but I think, <clears throat> I think it's just the fact that it's, it's, it's it, the invisible side of stuff making it visible. Yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean anything, anything that's not there. I think exciting times will be, um, well, like I was saying the other day about the the PlayStation VR headset. Yeah. Who you know that's. That's one of the, the the fastest and biggest machines as a game station what their v r side of that might be that might then push the level of graphics that are currently in the 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 quest and and stuff like that, yeah. that might push it to the next level mm-hmm. um i think i think stuff like um the google the google glass um, if you've got your glasses on and, it, and again going back to I, I always always um, for some reason go back to the medical side of stuff because if you've got the glasses on then it's saying cut here yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. almost like over the top like minority report like
2: and that's happened there's been surgery. applications of that with I know Microsoft HoloLens did that they had a heart surgeon performing surgery with the overlaid MRI scan data nice.
1: while they were while they're doing the surgery And I, th- I think stuff like that um, I, I'm just excited about where, where we're going in terms mm-hmm. of like
2: I think really. one example for me that's a little bit more down to earth, I suppose, is um, we, we always have um, a, a load of kind of end use application type imagery and visualization in, in, um, in what clients want to display. So when we're talking about a website, for example, we're like, okay, here's a shot of, of the cake that your ingredient goes into, or here's a shot of somebody running because we're helping to make them health, mm-hmm. healthier and fitter. And I think one of the things like that, that leg example that we talked about before fit in is it's helping to show not just the end application but how it's really benefiting and how it's actually working mm-hmm. um, so it's just about being able to kind of more creatively demonstrate something more than just here's the end user application but here's how it's working in that end application Yeah. the micro side of it like, like
1: Matt mentioned before you're on, you're, on, you're on a stand you've got your VR headset on you've got um, a, a, a tablet or a, a remedy that does that you can you can show in visual in you can visualize it in terms of this is this is the particle this is the blood cell mm-hmm. this is the thing and this is what it does to the blood so you can actually show that as well and and I think the knowledge side of it. Well it's oh so it you know it does that then does it? That's-
2: yeah. And just I suppose to to echo back to the like the reuse aspect, you can do that sort of stuff with the VR headset on. You can also create a render of that. So that could be on a video playing on a screen. Yeah. That could become then part of your marketing materials. You could render out still images of particular aspects of it to help uh, have them as key images in mm-hmm. part of the campaign. So there's a lot that you can do once it's built. Yeah.
0: and I think if you understand that then the return on investment argument starts to make more sense because I think if you're thinking about a single use application of it it can, it can seem expensive at the mm-hmm. minute it doesn't have to be um, but I think when you start working out where it can be seeded throughout the marketing mix and throughout your communications planning across multiple years potentially with, with limited updates and the fact it's future proofed as well I think to wrap up what, what I was going to say was in terms of it can be a bit scary in terms of, particularly, I think, where do you start with these kind of things, like, like I um, dropped into the conversation earlier. So if, you, if you're if you listening as a client or a prospective client or a contact and you want to have a conversation with us and get in dialogue with us, I'd encourage you to do so. Um, no, no ideas can't be achieved in the sense of most, most things can, can be achieved uh, to a level. Um, and I think even in terms of if you've got a pipe dream of what you'd love to achieve in a year's time or in two years' time, the steps you can make to kind of seed that in um, as you grow towards maybe what, and realise that potential of what you're looking to do. So, Mm. All right, thank you for joining us. Cheers Paul, thanks Ollie. Thank you. Um, And we'll see you next time on The B2B Impact.